that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Seemed appropriate for the show. Thank, that's that's going to set the pace for an entire year, folks. Yep, yep. It is New Year's Day. It means nothing at all. Yep. Um, all it means is that, you know, some people don't have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A la moi. Mark? Nope, going to work. Oh, man. I'm going to go. We should just go harass them. Like, <laughs> round up people that don't have to I didn't say I was going to be productive. I was just saying I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll be at work <laughs> in my scheduled time, but. Pull a, pull a Jake. It's like, yeah, I'm coming along. Just, to, if not for no other reason, to, <laughs> to be, be disruptive, disruptive and annoying. Woo! <laughs> 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 Yeah, just like go in there five times throughout the day. Can you check my tire pressure? Can you check my tire pressure? Is it free? <laughs> it's free, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would ask first. Like the first five times it's free. Now we're going to start charging. It's like how many different things can I get for free? <laughs> What's well, like, you know, you drive around a block and then like, all right, I've rebalanced my air pressure. Can you recheck my tires? Like, Get the F out of here. Tony's like, no, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, pro- I probably was it. Tony, go home. <laughs> <laughs> Tony be like, you got any Fiat's around here you need me to fix? <laughs> Fiat's. <laughs> fix it uh, again, Tommy. Well, there's only one Fiat on hand and it usually runs pretty good. <laughs> really? Yeah. You guys have, is it like the. the no, it's one of the, one of my, one of the guys. Oh, oh yeah. He's oh. got a 500. Yeah. Wait, is that the newer ones? The newer Fiat's? Like yeah. The one? Well, yeah. obviously, yeah. Well, because I don't know if they redid the Fiat, you know what I mean? Because that was a big thing. That they re-released back. the 500. Okay. Yeah. A good number of years ago, but I'm sorry. I'm adjusting my microphone here. Head to head, uh, the Fiat 500 or the Volkswagen Bug? Which is the better car? Fiat. Fiat. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Volkswagen Bug, they go up and down the, the if you're talking about If you're talking about the newer ones. Okay, the so older ones, I'm less. I yeah, don't really um, know much about the older okay. Fiat 500s, that, the original Fiat 500s from the 60s. Uh, I'd probably have to get the bug. Well, okay, I guess I should have uh, clarified. The older ones are so cute, though. They are the other adorable. Fiats. Yeah, the older Fiats. Yeah, well, they are adorable. Yeah, well, even the new ones. That's why I see, they look like a little. I mean, you I see, they look like mice, the little yeah. mouse or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A mouse, a mouse with a pencil mustache. Yeah, <laughs> it's got that Clark Gable mustache. The little chrome oh, I gotta piece. Check you got that. the emblem in the front. And yeah. you get the little chrome comes off to the sides. I don't know. Clark I check Gable pencil mustache. You know, and I don't see that many on the road as I used to. Like I used to see them all the time. Well, Fiat of Fresno opened up. Uh, and they shut a down. while ago and yeah they shut down pretty quickly <laughs> so <laughs> like when they opened up you saw fiat's everywhere and it's like i wanted one and alphas and yeah it was fiat and alfa yeah. romero i yeah. still see a few alphas because even i had to figure out what emblem was that because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, a it's like emblem. a snake and a cross i mean that's the first like. time it's got like fiat, four different things that's fiat and alpha were gone from the american market for decades they were here yeah in the i know 60s that's why it was like a big then, thing when yeah, yeah. That, yeah, like lot 10 up. years ago or something. It was like, I think it's in the last 20 years. I know how we yeah. go like yeah. 20 years ago was the 80s. Like, no, it's not, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I know, the older we get. <laughs> Anybody under 15, you could kiss me. I don't know. I don't know why I'm just fighting people out there. It's like, you know, people in, that were born in the new millennium are now able to drink legally. <sighs> Y2K, yeah. From Y2K to, uh, yeah, you uh, know, my boy Max, to, he mm-hmm. just turned 21. <laughs> your boy is like your son because it sounds like no I, oh, well i can't call him a man he's you know he's younger than me but uh he's he, he works with, he wor- yeah he works with me yeah. and he just turned 21 and he was born he was born like oh, yeah i'm trying months to before uh september 11th 
Oh, wow. Yeah. He was like three months old when that happened. Oh, wow. So you go around the shop. Like, where were you in 9-11? Who, like, I was like suckling my mom's titties as far as I know because I got Probably, zero yeah. context. Yeah. yeah. I was like three months old. And what do you like, want me? like, come on. I was in high school. <laughs> I was in the shower. <laughs> he just started, I was. It was a sad day for me. He's like, mom was too sad to breastfeed me. So, yeah, it was too sad day. That was it, it, well. I mean, it wasn't funny, but like how I found out, it was kind of funny because my mom came. Like I was asleep. My mom came in the rooms, like you know, you know, plane crashed and yada yada. It's like, why do you need to wake me up for this? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a plane crash. Okay, that's great. It, or, I mean, that's totally sad and all, but it's like I didn't get the context of what. Mom, happened. do you know? Do you know anybody in the plane? Like I don't understand. You know? It's like, why are you waking me up to tell me a plane crashed? <laughs> Like, you've never done this before. Sorry. I just kind of got the image of, you know, uh, the opening scenes of Frozen there when they're waking up Anna. Uh, sister's coronation. Coronation. <laughs> just like... Coronation <laughs> day! <laughs> it finally settles in. Yeah. Well, I remember, like... Been up for hours. You <laughs> probably have that, that same kind of uh, mindset, like, just, what, two days ago when my sister texted a little group chat that uh, Barbara Walters died. Oh, did she? Yeah, see, my thing was like, and okay, that's you great. Know, mm-hmm. Sucks for her family and her fans, but it's like, she wasn't like this significant person, you know what I mean? Eh. So who I mean, d- who is TMZ going to make fun of now? Oh, but she, <laughs> but she, uh, over 40, <laughs> but she, uh, you know, interviewed Prince Diana and this and that, and this and like, okay, so did a bunch of other people. Like, no offense, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. fine. I know yeah. it's kind of like, okay, as, she, as a woman journalist, mm-hmm. she made a big news. Like, all of those things accolades are fine and dandy but it's like to disrupt a group chat like oh guys barbara i mean did you grow up idolizing her i don't understand you know for my money too it was also when kobe bryant died not to be like all but it's like okay that was much more shocking because it 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 wasn't expected yeah yeah yeah, there you go you know he was what 40s or something so like he's young and he had his daughter with him yeah Yeah. barbara walters i'm sure you know just she was death yeah death just said like look I'm, I'm done. I'm done. It's like, okay, listen, I got Angela Lansbury, the queen and Betty White. You want to come join us? <laughs> yeah. Come join the other. Uh, we um, need a, we need a fourth for bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> I, I am still convinced that Betty White and the queen were playing, you know, we're meeting at least once a month, maybe, tw- you know, a couple of times a month for cards or something, man. I mean, they're all really, really old. So you got and as we learned from Avatar, The Last Airbender, all old people know each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, it just, you know, I do kind of get that feeling sometimes when you go to a store and then like old people kind of bump into each other and you're just. And then they just start talking. It's like, yeah, they know everybody. Yeah. 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 And it's like, how the hell do you know that? And especially in a bigger city like Fresno compared to like, you know, a little one. Sure. I understand that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, well, I mean, even Fresno is fairly big town uh 500,000 people man come on yeah yeah but i'm saying like to to be able like to, if like, you're oh, in you know a small everybody. town then yeah you're yeah. gonna know everybody oh yeah yeah you know everybody's business well speaking <laughs> of dead people kind of like uh ron white telling you it's like i grew up in a town of 4,000 people we, we met, met. <laughs> asked me if i had any aliases and i said yeah call me tater salad <laughs> yeah I remember, that was that's my favorite one that's one of my favorite nicknames like i was like i, I don't know I, it'd be kind of cool to be called tater salad because like <laughs> that's the kind of nickname that's got a story behind it <laughs> yeah exactly like does that make you sound tough does it make you sound like like wilted like i mean there's definitely a a, a a what yeah yeah okay hold on man i'm late for my job interview but i need to hear this story why the <laughs> fuck is it like, 
<laughs> but yeah. anyway, speaking of dead people. Speaking of dead people, um, <laughs> we kind of briefly talked about this before. Uh, this book that I finished up reading a little while back, it's called Stiff. Um, <laughs> it's not about, you know, what are, well, I was going to say. Well, we read, read the this. whole title. Uh, New York Times bestseller, Stiff. The Curious Life of Human Cadavers. <laughs> of human cadavers, yes. Cadavers. <laughs> I don't know why my brain like, disappeared human. I thought like live cadavers. I'm like, hold on a minute, man. That doesn't make sense. That you can't have live there cadavers. There are no live yeah, cadavers. That's an oxymoron. <laughs> which is a, Zombies? Well, mm. check out all this praise. It, I guess it came out in 2003 because it got, it got named by NPR Science Friday as a best book of 2003. Now, that's not high praise. I don't know what is. Uh, personally, being praised by NPR is like... I don't know, man. I don't. I growing up, I thought NPR was like cool. Like you know, you got a lot of like uh, indie music on there, or whatever. But lately, I sound like NPR is trash. Like, what's going on with NPR? I don't know if they changed or if we changed. NPR <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like my brother was talking about Machine Head yesterday. I was like, they're still a thing. <laughs> it's like I didn't know because I stopped listening to them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> I listened to more sophisticated music than Machine Head. <laughs> I like Machine Head. Machine Head's pretty cool. They are pretty good. I know nothing about them. I saw them live once. They were pretty good. Like, yeah, Beth, when I was in middle school, I saw them like, eh, I guess they're still around. There's probably still touring middle school as far as we know. Well, it's like, you know, (laughs) yeah, bands that we were teenagers with, it's like, yeah, we grew up and stopped listening to them. It's like, I guess they're still appealing to the teenagers, even though they're getting older too. Is, is this a Metallica disc? Cause is that like I, I, I could turn wow. it into a Metallica disc? <laughs> I think I, I was gonna say or Green Day. Well, they're still yeah. right, they're still harping on the teenage angst. It's like no, you're over fifty. And well, you I mean to be honest, the Beastie Boys were Beastie old men when Adam Yacht died, and they had to stop. Oh man, like even yeah, for the last I, decade, their content seemed to have stayed fresh. It, it kind of went from, you know, let's smoke weed to let's do good for the world. Yeah. And that's cool and all. And, and I respect that. But it's like at a certain point, it's like you're, in, you know, you're not, you're old and, ha- well, not super old, but, you know, you have to worry about your health now, but not, you know, well, you can't be creating f- riots and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of harder for them to be, you know, in their forties and telling us to fight for our right to party. Like, <laughs> no. guys, like it's it's <laughs> eight, nine o'clock. Drink yeah. some juice. Go take a nap. Like it's okay, you know. Let's fight for our right to stay up till nine thirty. <laughs> it's it's nine twenty. We got most of the way. I'm going yeah, to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's that's why some performers, you know, like as they get older, like they won't do certain songs live mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like because which one just, just it, off the top it, it just becomes weird or just that song's no longer really relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, what I was meant was like their their whole tone shifted as they got older. Yeah. The music evolved with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it kind of matured uh, with yeah, them. Yeah. Other bands, Green Day, uh, you know, their loyalty to their fan base is epic. They do a lot of things that, you know, mm-hmm. but musically they haven't grown. It feels like they're still banging the drum of teenage angst. And when you're over fifty, multimillionaire, how much teenage angst do you still have in you? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they probably they could have teenagers, so maybe that's what remind them. Like, look, you little shit. Uh, I was there. They probably have twenty somethings. <laughs> they probably have grandkids. Yeah, yeah. they probably yeah. They got a little tight running around. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, who should be dead, I guess I don't know. Yeah, but so this back book, to the plot. Back to the plot. Uh, Stiff is a really cool book about this. Uh, 
I don't know if she's a researcher or what, but Mary Roach, um, she Well, has, it's got the uh, synopsis of her on the back there next to her picture. It just says uh, her writing has appeared. Like, what's oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it gave but quick, she's a, a short bio. I, I love the way she writes. Yeah. She writes, she's very snarky, very sarcastic, very silly. And to take a very morbid um, subject just such as this and turn it into something captivating, that says something about her skills. Yeah, I mean, she kind of goes through, like, different aspects of sort of, like, humans' fascination or, well, what would you say, like, our sort of ideas of what happens to our bodies, donating a science. Or, it's you like, know. you know, she, she took a subject that a lot of people are hush-hush about. It's like, no one wants to talk about this stuff because, you know, it's like either disrespectful or just gross yeah. you. But, don't think about know, it till they're dead. Yeah, and it's like you don't know how many things human cadavers are used for. Yeah, like so. I think she starts her. She starts talking about how you know all the ways that bodies that are used to donate to science, how they're used to sort of determine deterioration, like in a lot of the um, forensic science, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and that's wow. always neat. Like I remember one. I can't remember what the guy was eating or the the main guy mentioned that the body decomposing it sounds like something and then this poor guy that was sort of like tagging along which is kind of disgusted by that i guess and then so she starts thinking like wow he's never gonna eat those again <laughs> i wish yeah. i, I should have written that down and she, it seems like she's still active i found oh, her she? wikipedia entry here uh she is an american author specializing in popular science and humor has six new york times bestsellers uh including stiff uh all she also has spook the science tackles the afterlife Bonk, Ooh, the curious coupling, that. yeah, that should be uh, a future one because I, yeah. I read the synopsis on that. Bonk, one the curious coupling of science and sex, <laughs> packing for Mars, the curious science of life in the void, gulp adventures in the on the alimentary canal. I don't, don't know what that one is, and grunt, the curious science of humans at war. Ooh, she's got well, that came out all, 20... all of those sound very interesting to me. Yeah, right they're now. really <laughs> kind of varied. They're not like And the last one was twenty sixteen, so I'm guessing she's still active and out there. She's only sixty three. Oh, she's probably her. finishing up another book. Yeah, maybe. But, but I mean she God, I say that a lot, don't I? What? Uh, I gotta stop doing that. Saying, um, I mean <laughs> it's like I realized there's you know I, mean? I realized recently <laughs> I do that and I was like, Oh, I gotta stop. Like but, like um, I used to say like a lot. And I kind of yeah. fucked that a bit. She uh, she takes weird subjects and makes them fascinating. So it's the, in the first chapter, they talk about um, using cadaver heads for uh, surgery research. Yeah. And um, like uh, surgeons can go in and practice on these cadaver heads instead of, you know, a living person. <laughs> well, and, and it's like she goes in and... Each like head is sitting there with like a little tarp over there yeah. or something. It's so it's kind of so this is kind of all right. So at the end, there's a reading group guide discussion. Oh wait, 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 yeah, she is still very active. Uh, this one did not make it onto the New York Times bestseller Which, list, but I don't don't see why not. Uh, fuzz when nature breaks the law. And that was 2021, so just last year. Fuzz two years ago. Not two. Year, well, technically, yeah, two years. <laughs> two and a half years. Or yeah, well, yeah. Year 20, and 2021. Half years. So. 
Just oh, okay. Like last week. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it can't. <laughs> can't say two years because we just got into the year. Yeah, it's the first day. <laughs> but you know that's recent. So yeah, she's yeah, still so trucking, mm-hmm. man. She's still trucking. So like it's it's these cool questions that sort of uh, go across the board going because she talks about like yeah when they use that for research for like deterioration and just the all the ways that once your body dies it's not just throw it in the ground and that's it you know mm-hmm. I mean it goes mm-hmm. across the board of uh, no it's much more complicated yeah yeah it's just beyond complicated just you know I and I knew a lot of the stuff about how I don't know as a kid growing up you imagine like if you were to open up George Washington's uh, grave like he would be intact there you know like mm-hmm. you would expect that but it's like well no you know about how you know the maggots heating it and all that good stuff and mm-hmm. skeletons the worms and, crawl in the worms crawl mm-hmm. out the worms play pinochle uh, on pinochle. that's the only reason i know pinochle i have no clue yeah it's a card game yeah oh i didn't know it was a card game see, my I, gra- like I was telling you guys about grandma 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 that was her game was pinochle, pinochle? yeah <laughs> i don't know how to play it but i know it's a card game and it uses like You'll have a deck of 52 cards, and it's all face cards. Jacks, kings, queens, and aces. So you have to get, like, actual tons of decks, right? To, to no, it make... comes, you know, you buy, like, a special oh, pinochle okay, deck. That makes special okay. pinochle deck. I have no idea how to play it, but I thought that was really weird. It's like, <laughs> like are you cheating at poker face. or something? I'm looking at like, Grandma, something's wrong with your decks. I got eight jacks. Yeah, I got eight jacks. How'd that work out? Like, how do I play solitaire with this? <laughs> yeah, where's all the ones? Yeah, Back when we actually played solitaire with real physical playing cards, I was like nine. I still know how to set it up. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. So let's we're gonna kind of go through these questions to sort of uh, just discuss about them. So okay. like, okay, so in her introduction to Stiff, she remarks that death makes us helplessly polite. Why is it that we're compelled to use polite language to discuss in death? Why are we often afraid to discuss it in the way Roach has done here? Pretty yeah. much, we're talking about how yeah. death, especially. Okay, so oh, they've passed on. They well, passed away. Yeah, you know, that's like something I was thinking about around the time our old manager died. It's like you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's so sad he dies." Like it's like, yeah, he died, but he was still an asshole. Yeah, that's. Okay. <laughs> it's like just because he died doesn't mean he wasn't an asshole. Well, so like for me at work in the last like two years or so, we've lost like two, three people that have died that, from mm. the office. And that, when death is that close, and that's, I mean, that's people I don't even know their last names, right? Right. Unless I look somewhere, but I, I've talked to them before. Well, that kind of stuff just gets me thinking about my mortality and all that fun no, stuff. No, don't fall down that rabbit hole. Oh, no, I just do it <laughs> anyway. But for sometimes, I mean, it's been a while since a family member, I can't think of family how I don't feel as close as anybody. I, I, I've tried to think of that before. If who were to pass away, how would I feel about that? You know what I mean? I just had a death in my family like last week. Oh, and yeah, it was, yeah, somebody that I saw a lot growing up, but I haven't seen them in a few years. So it's like, it didn't really yeah, hit me okay, hard. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, he was my great uncle and oh, my great aunt yeah. is just like, you know. You know, she, you know, more sad for her because she's the one having to deal with the That's death of her husband. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm surprised I wasn't more sad about it because we, we saw him a lot when I was little. Yeah. So you have all those little childhood yeah, memories. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the same way with my dad. Him and I were fairly close, but yeah. you know, when he passed, I was just like... But okay. you had you had time to ready yourself. Or maybe that's yeah, why I wasn't more sad because I knew that Uncle John's... Uh, health was deteriorating okay, was you were able question. to yeah. mentally prepare for it yeah and, yeah, and they also well my dad was 
in and out of hospitals a lot in the last mm-hmm. five years mm-hmm. okay. leading up to it. So it's like, well, let's, you know, it, it kind of became, you know, it's like the joke about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. One of these days it's going to fall over. And it's like, well, it hasn't fallen over yet. You know, mm-hmm. we all, we all kind of thought. We just always like, saw, thought he was too stubborn to die. <laughs> yeah. It's like my dad, like dad's in the hospital again, again. Uh, is this it? Now? This, you know, yeah. is what now? It's like, yeah. well, what's failing now? Yeah. You know, if somebody goes in the hospital so many times, you know, it's almost the chicken little thing. How many times can you say the sky is falling until, until it actually starts, does? Until, yeah. 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 You can say that every day and then one day it's going to fall and you're like, I told you so, but it's like, it's. Well, it's you know, it's like, yeah. you know, uh, no, dad's in the hospital again. Well, that just means it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just became no big deal that dad was in the hospital. And it's like, well, he'll be back. It's been six months. So yeah, it's a, he's about due. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess it's just. You know, you don't talk about it because I, I think people don't talk about it because when death is close by, like you just lose a loved one, yeah. your mor- mortality comes into, you know, you, you, you're more aware of your mortality. It makes you aware and that make, time yeah, is going to end. Yeah, yeah. Your it makes time you more uncomfortable thinking about the fact that, you know, one day this is going to happen to me. And I think that's why people don't talk about it as much. Well, do you guys, mm. as kids, did you guys see... As a kid, I had a kind of deep one with, like, I had an uncle that I didn't even realize I was that close until when he died. I remember, like, mm. when he died and we went to go to his wake, like, it was then till his stepson, I mean, he was, like, 18 at the time, but his stepson sort of was there with me. And then I just remember just breaking down. And it was almost like all I, I just kept thinking, like, why am I even sad? Like, I knew he was dead. I saw him. But for some reason, it just sort of, like, it became real at that point. You know, and I was mm-hmm. I was in third grade or something. But as time went on, I've never had family close, close to me die. But then I became it happened just so often. Like I said, like I work, it just mm-hmm. knowing it's there. It's not like I go around and think like, oh, nobody's dying today. But it's just I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, kids are, you know, oh, God, I'm doing it again. Kids are so naive. They shouldn't have to learn about death so early. They don't completely understand what it is and stuff like that. But I had several deaths in my family when I was very young. I was trying. I I want to say I was cool with it, but it didn't freak me out. It's like I knew what it meant. I went to my great grandma's funeral, and I was, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean my my great grandma, my grandpa, my dad's side, my great grandpa. It's like my great aunt. It's like all these people died when I was like before I was eight. And I had gone to several funerals by then, and I knew what it meant. And, you know, some of them I was sad about, some of them I wasn't because I didn't know them very well, but... You you just do it like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I I knew what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. My my Grandpa Jack, my Grandma Portsline, yeah, I was 12 when she died. (laughs) Grandpa Jack, I was seven. (laughs) People think they need to shield kids from death and... No, it's kids like, are more resilient than most people th- give yeah. them credit for. Well, I mean, yeah. if, even if, you know, they're three years old and say <laughs> the parent dies away, like, what are you going to do? Be like, oh, they're they're just not here. Like, they'll be, you know, they might come back and then wait till they're old enough. Like, mom, you just, just told me, like, he's gone forever yeah, or something. Yeah. It just, it, it's definitely not an easy thing, but it's harder. You know, you wait five years to tell them, like, oh, no, by the way, your uncle just, he's been dead for a while. Just, we don't I, I was going to say, it's like, uh, you know, to bang a to bang a familiar drum, mm. 80s kids were growing up. We grew we up, grew up tougher. Oh, it's man. Like, this, this is why movies like, you know, uh, American Tale, Never Ending Story, we watched this stuff growing up, and it oh, toughened yeah. us up. We mm-hmm. were ready for death. Hell, that's why that's we, true. That's why when we watch, watch... our techs die, man. When we yeah. watch <laughs> Toy Story 3, we're sitting there like... 
we know that's a possibility that they're gonna die. But so we're that like, came much later, though. What what I'm saying, like we were already conditioned because of those movies as a kid. Where we're like, I still cry. Well, no, we're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. We knew that it's a very real possibility that they would die, and we don't want that. You know, so yeah. we're like, don't do that to us. You Some know? You know, the claw came and saved them. Everyone's fine. Aliens, you gotta. <laughs> I know, trust but up to yeah, that, the aliens like, were the the savior right there. The aliens yeah. will save the us. Claw. That's gonna be my. I'm gonna just keep sneaking that in. So one one day when I just completely run for government or something, I'm like. Trust the alien people. Was, uh, you know side note here, like, you know, on aliens. Corrupt, corrupt <laughs> you know who you need as your running mate? Hmm. Randy Quaid. <laughs> Randy Quaid. <laughs> he is tinfoil off the reservation. Uh, he had to run right. to Canada. Man. He had to flee to Canada. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they got him, though. I, <laughs> I, think he, yeah, I think they did. He came back for something, and they, they picked him up. He's one of those people that, like, okay, I think... He never was playing a role, you know what I mean? Every time they were acting, <laughs> that was just him. Like, you see Christmas Vacation, you're like, that is... Randy, okay, we're going to start filming. We're going to do what now? Like, never mind. Just just, just please leave the property. Leave the lot, you know, with your like, underwear and your you know, robe. Well, they're on a Christmas Vacation. Oh, good bathrobe, man. That's a good costume. What costume? What costume? <laughs> nah, my trailer burned yeah, the down. Shitter's I just, <laughs> the shitter's full. The shitter's full. Yeah, that was just him. Like, you know, the flap cap in the bathroom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Though, that's, into the drain. You, you know, you watch like, the movie growing up, and you're like, oh, wow, that's him? funny. Now it's Tuesday. Just, yeah, that's just like, ah, uh, guys, it just... I just didn't feel like acting too. I've, I kind of felt that way about uh, Gary Busey. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. when he acts crazy, it's like he's not acting. They just put him in where they needed him and started filming. <laughs> was like, it Lethal Weapon 1? He's in there burning his, his arm. He's like, yeah, he just does that. Just, <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, show us that flame trick, that lighter trick. Let us record you. And he's like. <laughs> he got clean and found Jesus. And now he's like somewhat sane. <laughs> well, I could have sworn I remember he like. I don't know when he was already acting, but he had a motorcycle accident. With, he wasn't wearing a helmet or something. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, probably yeah. that checks. Yeah, that checks. You go, yeah. So that, that you want to be Bar- Gary Busey? Because that's how you get Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> it's going full Henry the Eighth on us, man. Yeah, that's what, what did it for Henry the Eighth too. A jousting contest. Yeah. He fell off his horse. He had oh, took really? a head injury. Yeah, and he also had an injury on his leg. I think it was his, his left leg. leg. Yeah, it oh. left a, a an open wound that never healed. It left him in constant pain. And the head injury, that's when he got all, you know, decapitated. Cut, cut the heads off. Cut the heads off. But, but sir, we, the all blades red, don't. All red queen on us. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was a huge shift because up to that. He was like he was jovial. Best. He was yeah. athletic. He was the life of the he party. Was, he was yeah. everyone's bro. Mm-hmm. But after that fall, you got to wear fall. a helmet when you. Jo- joust well, he or was wearing a helmet <laughs> oh wow oh yeah it was his leg yeah, yeah. That, that was back no, in the day of plate mail leg, yeah. <laughs> well i wonder if they did like uh who was it lincoln where you know they're trying to figure out where the the wound is or whatever and they're just like digging around just like no that ain't it well that's his liver Whoops. <laughs> probably and then just like oh he died of uh, he died of a of a flesh wound like no the doctor was just ramming his hand and they're all willy-nilly well, you know he got shot lincoln got shot in the head so that's kind of hard to come back <laughs> yeah <from. laughs> well it was some president where like he got I don't think maybe it wasn't him, but that the, the doctor was sitting there, you know, and he ended up like killing him just because, like, no, he was going to live, but they kept digging in his body and made it sick. They actually talk about something like that in this book, um, how in the early days of surgery and things like that, yeah, they had to practice on live people, and yeah. back then surgeons weren't determined by your medical expertise or your education. It was about who you knew. Hmm and how much money you had so like you can grease some palms know some people it's like yeah i'm a surgeon but you don't really know what's going on and 
they're talking about like a routine surgery that should have like lasted like 15 minutes took like three hours and the guy ended up dying of infection because the, the it's like yeah. military... surgeon didn't know what he was doing he kept going like whoops what was that yeah. like 1800s probably i think yeah I as i said remember. that's how they used to do military rank you bought your rank yeah money yeah. money is makes the world go around mm-hmm. that, that was how you became a general was if you had enough money you paid your monarch and now you're a general mm-hmm. sweet lieutenants sweet generals <clears throat> majors yeah and uh, that led to things like uh, the Brave 300. Uh, uh, the G- General light brigade? Cr- Yeah, the Light Brigade. Mm-hmm. He bought his commission as a, uh, I think he was a general. The problem is he was a raving alcoholic. And he got orders, misunderstood them because he was an alcoholic, and rode his entire infantry into certain death. Well, yep. <laughs> it sounds like um, alcoholism was just rampant up until like. Well, that's what caused <laughs> a huge referendum in the uh, Victorian army at that time. It's like, okay, when it when it came out that that's what <clears throat> would happened. Yeah. Because at first it's like, oh wow, these brave people rode straight into combat and they were all killed except for like you know the leader who barely made it out alive. Yeah. yeah. Heroes, but then they also finding started finding other survivors. And it came and it's like, oh, no, he didn't. He wasn't a hero. He just fucked up. He's yeah. a moron. Yeah. Moron. And so it's like, okay, no more buying rank. We're going to establish an academy where you go there to learn how to be a, to be learn a leader. leader. Yeah. And if you don't make it through the academy with leadership skills, no rank for you. Yeah, you don't become a leader. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? But still, well, in, our, in the military, we have the commission officers and the officers. So like your sergeants, your privates, they're the non-commissioned NCOs, non-commissioned officers. And so the officers are always kind of considered the, the pencil pushers because they're always the desk jockeys. They're mm-hmm. Some of them are pilots too, like our one of our um, main lieutenants or whatever. Oh, God, what would, what would Jake... I know there's uh, the nicknames, the Butter Bars and... I forget what it was in the Marine Corps. I know that... Yeah. Uh, I think the Air Navy, they called them Butter Bars because like, they came out of the academy. They all has, had the one gold bar on their hat well see the <laughs> army has that too i can't remember is like uh i can't remember the ranks that's i was always bad you had to re- or try to memorize the sort of the first sergeant of the army and all this jazz for what reason i don't know just to to be promoted i guess mm. all right let's move on um okay. this one's kind of quick but she roach discovered that students in anatomy classes tend not to enjoy touching and smelling cadavers even though they relish the opportunity to study them does this surprise you why might someone want to work with cadavers I can understand the smelling part because it smells horrible, but... What's anatomy classes? It's not like dissection classes. Like, you shouldn't be expected to touch. So well, I, mean, I mean, yeah, the smell of dead thing, it's um, it's a unique smell and it will penetrate your nostrils and be there for days. Well, I guess, see, I don't remember if they specify that, but like, how recent are the cadavers? You know what I mean? Because that mm-hmm. would definitely, if they've been in uh, treated with formaldehyde, all that fun stuff. Yeah. What well, what part are they in their embalming? Are have they been in freezers or left out in a field to see how a human body decomposes in the elements? <laughs> yeah, or were they just wheeling him through the hospital and then the arm just flops over? Like, well, we got a fresh one. Just take him to anatomy class. Mm-hmm. Not through the kindergartners. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's such a, just get him out of here! Wow, that should be a cool like screenshot. <laughs> See, why might someone want? That's kind of a dumb question. Why might someone want to work with cadavers? I mean, no one wants to work with them, but it's it's, it's useful. I've heard they're great listeners. You know, they don't talk back. 
What well, they don't listen either. They're, they're, they're terrible conversation is those like. So what do you think? Should I go on a? Should I make out with cadavers? Okay, you don't seem to be opposed. Okay, to yeah. There's there's a few different type of people that would want to work with cadavers. Ones that are genuinely interested in their scientific uses. It's yeah. like fascinating to them. Yeah. Some people are like that. Some people who are in it for the money. I'm sure working with cadavers is good money because it's something most people don't want to do. Usually, yeah. you know, jobs that most people don't want to do pay well. Garbage and, man. People shit on garbage man. Man, they make money. Are you kidding me? If, if I had an opening and someone offered me, I'd be a garbage man in a minute. But also, there's also the people that study cadavers because they like to have sex with them. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the yeah. direct line, but I mean, it's, it's there, man. You can't say no if you're dead. <laughs> Jesus. There's an old Sam Kennison bit about, uh, prove, you know, homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, homosexual necrophiliacs that exists just to remind you that even when you're dead, life won't stop fucking you in the ass. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> who's just that? Sam Kennison. Yeah. He's I like, mean, stop fucking me in the ass. He, was, he uh, trench coat, beret yeah, yeah, kind of off to the side. He was usually like kind of half drunk oh, oh, way oh, back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 80s. Yeah, he yelled a lot. Yeah. He yelled yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a pretty funny guy, but... Mm-hmm. Well, he's trying, dead now. Well, mm-hmm. I hope... I hope that he didn't suffer that same fate because that's one of the worst when you try to be real <laughs> silly. There's got to be somebody like, you know what? I'm going to prove this guy. Right. <laughs> Just because you did that bit. I think he OD'd or oh, yeah. had Oh, I mean, he had to have been. 80s comedian, kind of... dead? Yeah, that's cocaine overdose. Mm-hmm. Speedball? Yeah. Hello, yeah. <laughs> or wrap your car around a tree. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a silly question. Like, why might someone want to work? It's like, it's like if you, it's you're going into the world I of... Mean, even if, if you're being a nurse or, you know, you got to draw blood and you're like, yeah, I have to draw blood. I don't mind the sight of blood. But nobody says like, oh, I love to see that blood. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to work with right, it. Right, yeah. It's part of it. So like, why would you want to work with a cadaver? Why well, don't? But one, I hate working with other people. <laughs> and this guy... <laughs> yeah, I hate people. I hate people, but so. dead people is all right with me. Yeah. They don't complain. <laughs> yeah. They don't sit there and then, you know, clock out early and, you know, tell on you or whatever. But if you're going into the field of, you know, working with cadavers and, you know, going to school for that, you should be okay somewhat with touching yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of my key thing. Like, does using somebody else's head as a sock puppet count as being okay? <laughs> Or you know what? <laughs> Just in there, you know, doing Punch and Judy shows. Yeah. Put put your hand up through his tongue or whatever. <laughs> Attaching strings to the arms. Like, I got Mr. Burns. To hold me down. <laughs> you know, that, that would be awesome to read up, like, people that work with cadavers. What is your, your best pranks that you got played? There's oh, got to be some There's got to be some. There's got to be some. You ever open up a skull and you see somebody's <laughs> kidney there? God damn it. Phyllis, why'd you do that again? <laughs> Phyllis, I need the brain. You walk into work and there's a couple of them posing, you know, sitting around a table playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who put the penis well, you on know, Mrs. I mean, back in the Victorian eras, like people were less squiddish about cadavers. They would have pictures taken with the cadavers. But they were dressed up though, right? Yeah, they were yeah, dressed yeah. up. It's like most of the time you couldn't even tell they were dead because their eyes were open, but... Um, that was the thing when your loved one died, you went and you took pictures with them. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what they called uh, them. Like they're actually uh, studying the old Yule Yule traditions. Uh, some cultures would actually go and exhume various uh, ancestors 
and bring them around for Christmas, uh, Christmas dinner, you know, whatever well, the, their version of Christmas dinner was. Well, the Day of the Dead thing, I don't think they take them out, but I mean, they're sort of hanging around them. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but growing well, up. Yeah, and they do that in Japan, too. They go and sit on sit in the cemetery and have uh, yeah a meal with their ancestors mm-hmm. yeah, at, at the gravesite. I don't think they dig them up, but they yeah, yeah, at the, yeah, yeah. the gravesite. But it's uh, that's sort of like celebrating the dead kind of deal. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, from growing up, I wasn't... Ancestor worship crosses like pretty much a every of, culture yeah. and comes in many forms. But there's a few uh, themes that seem to permeate around the world. It seems yeah. like being squeamish about cadavers and dead people in general yeah. is a somewhat kind new modern, thing. It's a modern thing. Yeah, because yeah. the taboo-ness I mean, of it. Yeah, back in the day, you know, yeah, like you said, people hunt out with their ancestors at grave sites and there's you know, a lily monster hiding behind <laughs> you a lily monster behind me she's trying to but yeah it, it was people weren't as you know prudent about it back then <laughs> bunch of prudes damn snowflakes they ruin everything mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, here's another, kind of this ties into it but could one remain more psychologically and emotionally balanced in their dealings with cadavers by humanizing them as Roach frequently does or by objectifying them explain that's a pretty neat one because huh. like would you find it easier to deal with cadavers if you were just to like think of them you know be respectful of them you're not sitting there putting pencils in their nose <laughs> or or by i can't promise i wouldn't <laughs> i'm not saying i would Look, but i can't you, promise i would you give me a, a more convenient paper clip holder and you know what buddy i will shell out good american dollars for that i mean what else can you when you what in what other field can you say hey can you give me a hand <laughs> And you actually can't, yeah. <laughs> hey, how many feet is this, is the table? Like, plop, plop, plop. Yeah, about three. <laughs> See, is that objectifying them? Uh, I guess once you hack it off, it's not part of the body. I don't know. Well, you see, I, I guess, I don't know, because I often find myself doing the inverse. I personify things as I'm working on them. Like, you respect your wrench you know, you don't, you oh, don't my, throw yeah, it across my, the room. My <laughs> ranch, you know, my car is definitely one of my best friends because I talk to it all the time. Well, see, that's kind of the, the bad thing of it, I guess, my temper or what. But if I use the tool and it's not working out, then it's just the bad guy now. You know what I mean? Now it's working against me. I need um, this to. I've actually apologized to my tools a few times I because I've, you know, dropped them or <laughs> gotten mad and throwing it. It's like, I'm sorry, you didn't deserve that wrench. Come back here. Mr. Wrench, please. No. That's Well, funny. you know, and, um, uh, Every once in a while, I think back to that scene in the uh, Mario Mario movie. Mar- uh, the man, we should Mario Brothers. Yeah, the Mario Brothers movie with uh, John Leguizamo and uh, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, he says something very important in that movie. Uh. Treat your tools like your friends, and they'll always be there for you. You know, people don't. That's a life that kind lesson, of right there. That man. is a pretty good. What is it like? You know, you invest in your tools, you trust in your tools. Because I know I'm one of those that don't. You know, sit there. I don't know how many knuckles I've scraped trying to like to oh, get that God. rusted. Yeah, I got I got one on my middle finger right here. It's still brand hasn't new. Healed. Oh, uh, shit. last week and it still hasn't oh. healed yet. Just because it's you know n- constant spot. Constant. Yeah. yeah, it's in that yeah. spot. <laughs> uh, this one right here, that's that's going on 15 years. Just because it gets crushed right there. Oh, that callus. Yeah, that cal- That's, gotta get that's a, a that's a scar. You got to get a <laughs> finger splint or something. That's not a callus. That's a scar. You that's got the balancer bit me. Oh, I remember that. You got to put Scared a little the crap out of Bruce. Oh, <laughs> you got to put yeah. a little popsicle stick there, and you know, just do finger guns for a while. Just walk around there for a while. Just you know, uh, well, it's it's scarred right there, right there on the 
the fold. Yeah. Mm. And so dirt gets caught in that uh, rough bit right there. So, yeah. And that digit, second digit. Yeah. But I don't know. I think. I still haven't figured out what this is. <laughs> yeah, what the a, hell is that? That's a callus. I don't know. Favorite, it's like, like I've got one there and one on my thumb, and I have no idea what what's caused are? them. No. I, I don't know if that's like a splinter that never came out or what, but it's like I got two of them now. It's like <laughs> now you got a pair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think real quick, it'd be kind of harder to deal with them by humanizing. Not so much because it's like I want to treat them badly, but it's like it's, like, it's oh, no. easier mentally. What if you got to hack off an ear? If it's like. Oh, this this was Susan. Like, would you feel like la la la? Like, I'd be awful trying to cut off Susan's ear. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. just, it's like Susan, are you okay with it? I'm okay with it. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. The worst thing would be as you sit there. The worst part would be sit there drawing the scalpel, and you just hear like ah. You're just like oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wonder if they do that. Like, just I just hide behind you know gurneys. Oh, I would and do that. They go to start to do something. Ah! At the very least, that I would, would be that. me. That yeah. would be me. I'd be the guy hiding back there. You know, hiding behind the freezer. Let me out. Let me out. It's cold in here. All right, Mark. I'm going home, man. I'll see you tomorrow. And then, like, wait half an hour. And then you're, like, just nice and quiet. And just be like, ah, let me out of this freezer or something. And just start banging on a wall. (laughs) Oh, no. That would. If I hear, if I'm supposed to be working on a cadaver and I hear banging, I'm walking straight out. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not going to check the lights. I'm just walking straight out. What's that old Ray Stevens song? I ain't sitting up with the dead. Sitting up with the dead. Yeah. His, like, grandpa or great uncle or something like that had really bad like stiffness in his spine or something like that or oh, a bad shit. a bad case of rigor mortis <laughs> stop sitting up with the dead because the dead are sitting up with me something yeah, so like that. they had to chain oh. him down <laughs> to have the wake and the chain snapped and he sat straight up in the coffin and everyone went crazy <laughs> all right so it's just hibernating don't you people ever take a pulse right. <laughs> don't you guys take a pulse a far side cartoon there Very, uh, yeah. bunch of bears they were having a funeral <laughs> but he's hibernating yeah all right, number four. Uh, Roach describes the smell of a decomposing human. It is dense and cloying, sweet but not flower sweet. Halfway between rotting fruit and rotting meat. But modern embalming fluids allow us to present it, yeah. odorless, good-looking corpses at funerals. Has modern mortuary science made death more aesthetically pleasing? Well, I mean, have you ever seen Death Becomes Her? <laughs> what is that? What is that? That's an it's old a movie. Oh it's a movie? man, yeah. It's not it's based got, off the music. I know the no. name. Okay. No, uh, it's got Bruce Willis in it. Um, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. And you don't even notice that it's Bruce Willis. Yeah, for a long you, you time wouldn't. You would never so, know it was Bruce Willis. It's one of his early roles, like when he had. No, all no. Oh. no. Um, give me a second. See, I know yeah, the title. It was in the nineties. Oh, okay. It was in the nineties. But yeah, it's like. When you see the picture, when you see the cover art, you'll, you'll see, probably you'll, you'll, recognize you'll it. You'll go, oh, that movie. Well, I know the name. Like, I've heard it, but I know for sure I haven't watched it. But what, what do you Goldie Hawn's character and Meryl Streep's character were both married to Bruce Willis's character at some time. Oh, okay. And they both got this, like, spell or whatever to make them pretty forever. Hmm. And they end up killing each other. And the spell makes them... Dead, but dead but still yeah, alive yeah, you know because before. they're basically immortal because of the spell is her head turned around backwards yes yes yeah, yeah. I yeah she hits her with the shovel oh, okay. <laughs> so they and just like the other keep one killing each other with, yeah one wow. one hit the other with a shovel the turns other, her head around backwards yeah. the other one gets shot with a shotgun now in she's got a stomach hole in the center. <laughs> damn that, well he bruce that's, willis's that's character bruce willis in the center there big mustache mop oh, i totally of hair. no i totally recognize bruce willis if i saw that yeah i would have recognized bruce willis with this it's like the most un bruce willis role because he plays a he plays a oh, okay. I was uh, trying to think of, um, Undertaker, Puma. who the one you know, mm. 
he makes the corpses look good for their f- wakes and yeah okay. you know usually you use makeup and stuff like that and you realize that you know it's really tough to do because the pores are dead they don't want to you know hold on to the makeup so he just started spraying them with spray paint <laughs> What's well, so so he's not as good so at his better. job, is he? He's not very good at his job. Well, he's good at his job, but um, <laughs> it really gross people out yeah. when he says like, "Oh, well, just, spray do do yeah, it's just spray paint, spray paint, just spray paint." What? <laughs> yeah, it's hey, honestly. So like, you know, they're dead because they killed each other yeah. several times. So he has to keep like, you know, touching them up so they look alive. <laughs> Every time, like they keep getting different. They're so, more and more, and like in the final scenes of the movie, like they're leaving his funeral. And they trip and fall down the stairs, and they're just, you know, they're just this pile of parts, you know, laying there laughing at each other. Like, oh, great. Now what do we, now what do we do? Oh, But they're still alive. Yeah. It's just a pile of parts. So 1992, that movie came out. So that was, yeah, that was after Die Hard. Because Die Hard was like 89, I think, right? Something like that. Uh, It was late 80s or something. That sounds about right. But yeah, so, more aesthetically pleasing, I mean... I mean, definitely they smell better at funerals than they do laying around. But that whole idea about rotting fruit and rotting meat. So, like, it smells, it's sweet, but not, for, it's, it sounds all right to me, like, how it would smell. But this is now with formaldehyde and all that, you can make it till they're not, you know, smelling for a while. Because I remember, so when my grandma died, <clears throat> it was like the, right at the beginning of the COVID, I believe, right, you know, the first couple months or whatever. So, I mean, it was like chaos trying to figure out what to do with her body or how to see her. So, when they finally set her up, it was in the like, backyard, son. <laughs> well, it was just weeks, weeks after. So it was after her body has started tearing. But, you know, they kept it. It was a long time from what I remember, longer than I've been accustomed to from hearing. But she, so from what I remember, she didn't look terrible. But I remember hearing from, like, my mom and, and her sisters, you know, uh, so her kids, that she looked deflated or that her face just looked odd it kind of made i remember my well, mom i mean you have no muscles it. holding up your cheeks or anything anymore so but well how quickly do the muscles deteriorate well i mean there's it no varies, but oh, like they're not active they're, they're not, not active yeah well it was just like weeks weeks after i almost want to say it was a month after it was like longer than accustomed to and you know they try to do some a lot of preservation but i just remember it was I know my mom for sure knew, saw the difference. I guess the the skin color. I mean, your blood's not flowing, so you're, mm-hmm. you know. You're, oh, the color change is definitely yeah, yeah, noticeable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I looked at her and I was just kind of like, I mean, I, okay, that was my grandma. Good for I. We didn't have a good relationship growing up, so you know, so it was just kind of. Eh. Again, I felt worse for my mom. Like I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. feel bad for mm-hmm. my mom. So that's kind of, I mean, aesthetically pleasing. I don't think like the, the physical look of a body is necessarily like. Matters well, not, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, when you have a wake, this is the family's last chance to, to see goodbye. that person. Right. Say goodbye to her. It's a special, it's essential for closure, I guess. Yeah. And they well, want the last time they see that person to be aesthetically pleasing because they don't want to see them dead. <laughs> they want to remember them as being alive. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely... Well, there for the family to feel better and remember them better. Well, the best you Funerals could do are held for the living. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, the for best the you could do, living, yeah. yeah, the best you could do is make the person look like they're sleeping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's usually, I think, that's usually the goal. Yeah. Which is like, you know, switch it up and make their eyes open, make something to. Like, Which I think that confuses kids even more. 
with the it's sleeping? like oh they're just sleeping yeah <laughs> why are you putting them in a box they're just sleeping yeah. why are you throwing dirt on the box yeah that's why it's not good to lie to your kids it's very sweet looking <laughs> something like you know, this i have a racing bed how about a casket bed how do i get one of those yeah. it's got the velvet lining they sell costco coffins man hey ikea's gotta have build your own coffin you know half <laughs> that that would suck you buy your build your own you know coffin what? and you die before you build it like who the hell is gonna be like i am not building i'll talk assholes. to my neighbor i know she makes uh headboards and footboards i'll talk to my neighbor <laughs> make, a coffin. make a coffin bed <laughs> like just slap two I ends mean, together you know i've thought about it <laughs> it's better to buy it now when you don't need it to now i've read a lot they have those that like uh that decompose so it's almost like it goes back to the earth have you heard of that before yeah it's called wood no well <laughs> wood takes eons to get back you know and the depends on the wood and how it's treated they have like yeah all these you know biodegradable Cause uh, yeah, you know, means of dealing with your remains. Well, the, your stuff. typical cask is all shellac. I got tons of wood in the backyard here that's definitely uh, returning to the earth at an <laughs> accelerated rate. <laughs> really? Oh, because it's untreated and yeah, it's that's just laying in say, the yeah. dirt. Yeah. There's okay. one thing. One thing I think would be cool when I die is they have these. Whether or not they'll still have them when I die, they have these companies that'll take your ashes and put them in a biodegradable cup with tree seeds, and they'll sprout into a sapling and become a tree. So your family could have this, this Yeah, tree? it's oh, like yeah. You, know, you become the tree. And it's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I can just see whoever has to deal with my shit to be like, now this asshole wants me to water this. Like, can't we just move on? <laughs> like, I'm done dealing can with I this asshole. Stop no, having no, you take care every, of Tony, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show Tony up every Pine. now and then to, you know, spook him, make him think he's a haunted tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Have a little. <laughs> oh, <that's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> say the bad thing about becoming a tree is, you know, eventually some dog's going to come up and pee on you. Hey, I'm, I'm yeah, cool with that. You know, yeah. You're dead, so. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Some lovebirds might carve their initials in me. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, this is kind of cool one. This is kind of ties into that aesthetic pleasing. So Dennis Shanahan, who investigated the grisly human wreckage of down TWA Flight 800, told Roach that the hardest thing about examining Flight 800 was that most of the bodies were relatively whole. He said intactness bothered me much more than the lack of it. Why yeah. might he feel this way? Do you agree or disagree? Because at any moment one might start moving <laughs> well no because if you're sitting there like you know you find a, a body that like half the arms blown off that's a lot harder to deal with when you just half an arm you know it's like once you start seeing the whole complete body like okay now you have it was a child it was a yeah woman, it was a guy because it makes this mm. you see him in a business suit like you start making this little background you know he had his family he had whatever yeah. whatever so. yeah so that comes person. back to that earlier question is yeah. it easier to or harder you know if you objectify or personify them yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's easier if you objectify them. Oh, yeah. Because it's harder to objectify because, yeah. when he's yeah. sitting the there. The severed complete, hand laying yeah. there on the floor, that's just a hand. Yeah. 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 But, it's like the several scattered body parts. Like, yeah, they're gross, but you don't see them as whole people. Yeah. Well, even the hand, you sit there and you just drive a stake through it to pin it to the ground. Because, you know, I've watched Adam's family, man. This thing starts <laughs> running around. If I see this. Oh, we were watching Wednesday yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I keep yeah. hearing that one's a big one. Uh, it is pretty good. But like um, the hand, I've always out of Adam's family, I always wanted thing. to be the hand. Mm. Yeah, thing was the coolest one. Cousin it was just cool because of the name. You're but. a handful. <laughs> I love that line. Well, I just I remember watching the the movies, uh, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Value. Just how how goddamn efficient he is for a hand, you know? Yeah, he goes fast, man. He's he like, got a job doing FedEx. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, don't, I forgot. Remember that. when they yeah. they got lost the house? Yeah, they, 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 they all like, good jobs. 
Yeah, well, uh, the, I mean, he's just so efficient. I remember Got that radio flyer wagon, man. He was on. Yeah, there you go. He yeah. was in it to win it. <laughs> you watched that growing up, and I was like, man, he does a thousand more times than I could do as a full body human. Like, mm-hmm. I feel useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the thing <laughs> they have in the Wednesday show, it's like all stitched up and like got. Oh, all, like gnarly like, looking? Like it, oh, yeah, he's much gnarly. Cut up, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like always flipping people off. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They gave him a lot more personality. Yeah, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. wow. He's... And he uses like sign language to communicate more. Like it, bef- <laughs> I mean, he did before. It's like in Adam's family. You know, he just kind of. He's indicated. like, I, I can't understand you when you stutter. Oh <laughs> like shit! To... <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Oh yeah, more more tish. And he like tish starts uh, doing the Morse code. Morse code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh shit! God, that movie is so good. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it's like you know that Gomez is like for being such a weird person. It's like okay, not only are they fluent, you know, they know English, he knows Latin, yeah, French, oh yeah. French Morse yeah. code, and sign language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that guy is just like how smart is Gomez? Really, we don't know his backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to explore his, the the Gomez. But yeah, for sure, trying to deal with a whole body is a yeah. lot harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never mind trying to get rid of one. I mean, trying to get rid of an arm, like, that's a lot easier than... You could throw that in a I little mean, dead bucket. weight, it's just so much more than... <laughs> the reason <laughs> yeah. they call it dead weight, it's not light. <laughs> no. Yeah, it ain't light. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, for sure, that kind of ties in that, you know, eject... It sounds awful, though, because when you hear about objectifying, it's it's not in a positive sense, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I got objectifying. It was a good time. It's like you see him more as a dummy or a mannequin or something like that instead of a real person. Well, it used yeah. to be a person, yeah. Yeah. It feels rude. Mm-hmm. I don't even... Yeah. Like, even when you see, like, on the news or, you know, you read in the story or whatever, just John Doe, Jane Doe, I mean, they're mm-hmm. still... That's Giving still a person. Names. Yeah, even uh, I think of the... You know, growing up, you start going like, man, this John Doe gets around. He keeps finding them everywhere. <laughs> he's in Minneapolis, now he's in Seattle. Son of a bitch. All right. But yeah, for sure, objectifying. Objectifying is a way to go. If you want to get, you know, you want to do a CD uh, things to a corpse, by all means, objectify. <laughs> That's a, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> That's your top tip for the day. That's your top tip of the day. Objectify your co- your bodies. All right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Many research studies that make use of cadavers raise questions about maintaining the dignity of the deceased. For example, a ballistic study might involve decapitating a cadaver or shooting one in the face, all for the sake of gathering data to ensure that innocent civilians who are hit in the face with non-lethal bullets won't suffer disfiguring fractures. Do you think that the humanitarian benefits experimenting on cadavers can outweigh any potential breach of respect for the dead? Why or why not? I say why not. I I say no. Yeah, because really, you know... Your ideas of respecting the dead varies from person to person. One person might think one thing is disrespectful, or another person might not. So, look across the board, having sex with a dead body is not yeah. cool. Just that's—I <laughs> don't care. There isn't some like, Let's hey man, different right folks, different folks. No, it's just. <laughs>